Wouldn't it be great if three idiots picked apart each episode of your favorite podcast? We do that. Wouldn't it be great if we discussed the newest episode, ongoing theories, and predictions for what comes next? We do that. Wouldn't it be great if they didn't ruin the podcast at all and kept everything spoiler-free? We don't do that. You've been warned. Welcome to We Do That, a Taz fancast. I'm your co-host, Chris. And I'm your co-host and favorite new fantasy whip, Jake. And I'm your other co-host, Colin. Yes, I do know exactly how that sounded. <laughs> this week's episode, Amnesty, episode 9. Alright, uh, here's the uh, synopsis for this episode. Uh, we return to Amnesty and our... Three players have gotten better at interaction with NPCs. Um, granted, that's if you ignore Aubrey wanting to pet the giant kitty, hug the giant crystal, or nearly kill the Minister of the Arcane? I think that's what it was called. Uh, so really, Clint and Justin have gotten better at dealing with NPCs. Um, the three, uh, our three heroes get some magic items from Heathcliff. They meet the interpreter... And Ned makes his uh, long-awaited television debut. I cast Zone of Truth. Well, I'll be honest. It's been a month since we postulated about something, and I don't have any idea what it might have been. But I'd like to lead off with something that I think I'm pretty confident we all got wrong. We were pretty sure that this arc's lunar interludes would happen at the Lodge. And they don't. It seems like they're going to happen in Sylvain, where all the interesting things that we're not allowed to know about go. Well, I'm not. I'm not certain about that yet. Like the, I think there's probably going to be an element that occurs in Sylvain, but I don't know that it's going to be the only, uh, the only part of the quote-unquote lunar interludes. So, uh, hunting hiatus, if you will. So okay, no, no, it's lodger interludes. I'm pretty sure we came to an agreement. Uh, oh, if they don't happen at the lodge, it doesn't. Do do? It doesn't matter. Uh, it definitely does. Uh, lodger uh, interludes, and you're hanging out in a canoe doesn't make any sense. Sure it does. You um, brought a canoe into this. Yeah. Okay. Well, you can't. Uh, before can't just we make up a canoe, <laughs> this isn't Dungeons and Dragons. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. This is not an item-heavy game. Um, before we go there, the I also don't remember one... Clint has two vehicles. What are you talking about? Yeah, but how many of them are canoes? One's a snowmobile and they're playing in the summer. Yeah, but is that a canoe? I fail to see the comparison. There's no canoes in uh, this world that we know of. Until they specifically reference it, we can't know that they exist in the world in which they've created. He has a point here now. Well, I predicted that... <laughs> Uh, the end of the episode would uh, include Mama coming back and dropping some sort of truth bomb uh, about why more bomb bombs are appearing or what what's going on sort of with this connection between the two worlds and that didn't happen so I was wrong. I think I think Mom's just gone. She's off with Doctor Harris Bonkers somewhere doing who knows fuck she, all. She. She got to know Aubrey and then took her pet rabbit and took, ran away. Straight up stole stole the bunny and run. Oh, man. Like, Come on, take the bunny and run. If, oh, yeah. that's very good. If that's true, uh, Mama might be my favorite character of this. <laughs> Just at the very end, she comes back and it's like a bunny in a, in a suitcase with a whole bunch of stickers on it from different countries. And goes, <laughs> y'all, this bunny is awesome. We got so drunk in Germany. <laughs> Here's a little ditty about Mama and Bonkers. I don't know the second line of that song. Well, you're making it up, so it would have been up to you. And now the second line of that song is, I don't know the second line of that song. <laughs> it's a good start. It's a strong start. Strong start. Really sets up what you want the listener to get out of your song. <laughs> you know, I, th I thought so. Nice little ditty. So... Uh, we're very bad at predicting things, 
But yeah, let's jump into the things that did happen. Well, to be fair, what we said may have been correct. We just can't remember. It was so long ago. So long. Like, who can remember what happened in a month ago? All right, let's jump in. Heathcliff, what'd y'all think? So, uh, you, you, you brought up two points in your summary that Aubrey wanted to pet Heathcliff and Aubrey wanted to hug the crystal. And from what we know about Aubrey's character, she would have done those things. But I think Griffin's steered the conversation, steered the story away before she had a chance to, or before ha- Travis had a chance to let her. You know, I kept I kept expecting Travis to go like, well, I pet him. Because because that seems to me like Aubrey's character. Um, that, that, that impulsive acts before thinking kind of thing. I, th- I think that's an interesting GMing choice because I think the reactions to those instances and maybe they'll come later would have been particularly interesting. Well, and I, I wonder, but I think that's maybe a bigger conversation than you were asking for. I, I wonder if that's all the way Aubrey would play. And maybe this is drawn too fine a line, or if this is just how Travis approaches uh, role-playing games, she said, mm, you know, you know, fuck the societal norms. I'm just, I'm, I want to pet the giant kitten. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> blank rushes in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Aubrey's just gonna rush in to, uh, you know, a whole cat petting situation where, you know, you don't want to rush into these things. Not all cats are friendly. Yeah. Do you think that would have been an act under pressure role? I mm. to attempt to pet Heathcliff. Yeah, because he specifically said no. Also, he's the size of a small building. Or a medium-sized building, I can't remember. So, like, there could be some dire consequences should that go badly. I don't I don't know what... I don't know what the other roles are. Yeah, I think Griffin would deal with it in the way that he managed to get all the other NPCs during the balance arc to deal with uh, uh, Trey Hornyboy's inability to interact with NPCs. It's my favorite recurring theme of the uh, balance. Anyway, uh, uh, what do you guys think about Ned's weapon choice? Well, hold on. Sorry. I do want to talk more about Heathcliff. Oh, yes. Uh, absolutely. This seems repetitive and maybe just not very unique for the world they're building. Like, I imagine that a lot of it is fan service, and that's fine. Um, And generally, I'm a fan of that because that's the best parts. But when, like, if you're just going to have a cat give them magical items as a bit, I don't think yeah. that serves the story, and that seemed like they were really going to hone in on that this time. I don't know that I appreciate not coming up with a more clever mechanic, especially when they've talked about how non-item-centric Monster of the Week is. It seems like there could be maybe something more interesting there to gain some traction over monsters. You know, it seems like they would get a leg up if they had... Um, like information as opposed to stuff. So instead of getting a cool jetpack, they got a book of arcane monsters or something, you know, or like a book on tracking, something that increased their ability to get information faster. Well, the, the other thing, I, I agree, I'm not um, 100% sold on this mechanic either. And the thing that really has me a little concerned um, is compared to how it works in the balance art, is that this comes in the middle of you know, an art in the middle of a hunt. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. We've met a monster and now you're gonna, or we found a monster. Now you're going to go talk to Heathcliff who will provide you the weapon you need to beat it. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing I think is interesting and why I actually like this system is because, you know, when, when we go back to fantasy Costco, it was here are a lot of fun items. They weren't necessarily, there wasn't necessarily a a cost benefit to having them. Sure, they found ways to use them, but when the, the boys need to make a decision about what item they're going to choose, there's a cost to that. You know, they can have an idea about how to use something, and maybe it doesn't pan out, maybe it pans out great. 
you know, there's there's a weight to those decisions rather than just, oh, well, I'll pick up this fun item because it's fun and I'll see how I can use it later. You know, I think there's a lot less room for, um, I mean, I think, I think it, it, creates a situation that Griffin has to respond to differently than, well, here are all the items that I'm going to make available to you. I mean, so you know. I, I think you're right in that aspect, but that's not, I mean, I mean, uh, at least, uh, in this instance, that's not really how it worked. I mean, he gave them, first of all, Heathcliff's obviously nudged them towards the revolver. Um, Ned didn't take that. And they said no to that. Yeah, and so he gave him a nerf blaster, and so he imbued magic in it. And so it's not as though when they go up against the water elemental that it's... I I think there's a very low likelihood that it's not going to work. And so if they can just pick one item and have the word magic tagged to it, and suddenly it's going to work against that monster, then that that removes all creativity from it, um, from the situation. Whereas in the balance arc, part of the creativity was, here are these items, find a way to make it work for your situation. There's no reason this, you know, an anti-gravity sphere should help you fight robotic monsters, uh, but it does in the Crystal Kingdom. Um, and so that's that's really what I enjoyed. Yeah, well, and like, why... Like, why not ask for a freeze ray or something, you know? Right. And I think maybe that's what Aubrey was getting at. Like, if she could control water magic, maybe she could do more stuff there. And that didn't really pan out. But it does seem... um, It does seem like they're losing the focus of Monster of the Week on, like, gaining... And maybe... Well, and and again, I I have so many thoughts that I'm trying to... I think this is a place where we're still at the beginning of this. We're still learning the system, you know? We don't know how often we're going to come back. We don't know how much longer this arc is going to go. We don't know. We don't know a lot. But I mean, well, you know, and so this is a place like, where I think stuff stuff we don't know, but they they can know. Well, they can know the full rule set of the system, and, how it's meant to be implemented. And he did say that and they would get a letter at the start of each hunt from Heathcliff saying what items he's looking for that he'll give you magic items for. So it sounds like they're going to be able to go at least once per hunt. But the way it was framed was that these are going to be difficult or risky to get. Yeah, but I mean, it kind of so the, sounds like... So the possibility is that they may choose not to. I mean, it sounds like it's just going to be... It could just be like grind, grind, grind until you get the three items you need for Heathcliff. Go there, get the weapon you need to defeat the monster. Go fight the monster. Rinse, repeat. Like I'm, I'm not saying that's how it's going to be, but that's how they've set it up at this point. Yeah, it certainly feels more likely to follow that pattern than I'm, than I'm comfortable with being outlined. I mean, I think you're right, Jake. That the we'll have to, you know, we won't know until they really do it through a full arc um, to see how any of this is going to play out. But I think my concern is that they're seeming to lose focus on the like information gathering portion of monster of the week. Um, trying to find its weakness, trying to find where it comes from and isolating that piece of information. And they've not done really any of that. Um, at least trying to understand where water, how water meant water elemental forms and what is really, you know, coursing through it in terms of energy to, to keep it going or whatever. Like it seems like there should be a lot more information gathering, a lot more of like the studying um, montage than the going and getting stuff portions of the game. Okay, that I'll give you. Um, you know, I I am also very excited for lore. You know, getting to explore these kind of things and the relationships. Uh, that the bomb bombs have between Sylvain and our world, and all of these kind of things that you know are are sort of maybe not quite on the surface. Um, so I'll, I'll give you that, and I think that that's a place where we're still yet to see. I think that they haven't needed 
two so far, and I think that might be because, again, this is sort of the first real arc here. Um, you know, once 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 the once the characters have some experience as hunters under their belt, um, maybe it makes more sense for Griffin to create situations that are a little less cut and dried. Yeah, I think that's fair. I guess my hope was that being Sylvain being this sort of land of mystery that we don't know much about, it seems like the most likely place where lore and any sort of arcane knowledge could come from. And we went, we just went through a whole episode where they were in Sylvain and gained really very little about knowledge about the current hunt they're on. They learned it's sort of like some Sylvain exposition, but nothing that would necessarily help in this quest. And that seems strange to not use that storytelling tool that way. Yeah. Random thought time. Uh, if this was a video game, it would be Castlevania. Random thought over. <laughs> no, you don't get to just end it. That yeah. was um, yeah, that was not good. No, it was very good. I think it was very good. Yeah. That that's not how a that's not how podcasts work. You just say random thoughts yeah. and then leave the thoughts behind. I think it kind of is. Uh, B how. How would Castlevania translate? The playstyle doesn't seem to match. Right. I'm not saying it had to be a one to one. I was making a fun. Just say this. words. A, Come on. That's like a a one to a a one to apple. Like <laughs> shit does not trap. Yeah, Mario just dumped jumped into Doom. That's the analogy. <laughs> right. I would play that game. Yeah. No, I would too. We do get a little revelation while they were in Sylvain, which I thought was interesting, in that um, Sylvain is another planet. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Which we had we had actually talked about that before. Um, so, you know, good job, yeah, us. Yeah, points us. Thing. So we did get something um, correct. I don't know. Well, Colin didn't. Chris and I did. Well, all right. Let's, let's... I don't know what impact this is going to have on the story at all, but it is interesting that they're choosing the like different planets method of parallel worlds as opposed to sort of things that exist in a different space and time but not necessarily you know celestial bodies yeah, well and again right. like i i think this this might be part of the creation of a larger you know brandon sanderson cosmere type universe where like all of these things all all of the adventure zone happens in the same universe just parts of the universe are incredibly different to the others and yeah. the need for them to overlap isn't there that's why uh my you know it's a way to it's a way to unify the storytelling i think my ultimate prediction is that uh mama is lucretia and that that will be revealed during oh, the finale shit. that uh so hey that would be just stupendous b that means that in order to continue this plot, no one but Griffin can DM it, because I don't imagine he could hand the reins over to his grand universe plan and not have it ruin a story. Uh, but I think I think he would hand it over and then just, you know, like... Just steer it from the inside. Yeah, or let Travis do whatever he's going to do. And then the first episode of Griffin's next heart would be like, and then you all wake from the dream. <laughs> just write it all off. It never right. happened. Didn't happen. Or just shoehorn it in. The way he shoehorned in the fact that somehow Gundren Rockseeker was Merle's cousin, despite them being from an entirely different plane of existence. Like, different multiverse. Yeah. That's that's fine. They didn't know that. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. So, we'll, we'll play a little fast and loose with the rules of the multiverse. Uh, I mean, and those rules are pretty uh, spaghetti. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely rules with a Z, um, and that uh, that's a, a much more informal rule set. I, I I always thought a Z was more formal. It's like the usted form of rules. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. It's, it's I like very, that. It's 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 less frequently used, but you know, very proper. Hola, señor rules. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, got to put some respect on that. You know, 
Very proper. Yes, I show my respect with my Z's. <laughs> I'm like fucking Zoro over here. <laughs> I mean, he he was respectful when the situation called for it. Which, you know. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't, I don't sure. really remember Zaro, so I, maybe that's true. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it as, uh, uh, I'm gonna take it on. I'm, I'm gonna say it's right. All right. Um, take, take me away uh, from this line of thought. Yes. And back to our world. Of what? Anamorphic uh, animals. Merle, no. Fuck Ned. Uh, Nerf gun. <laughs> the birth blaster. It's Burfer Buffett. Uh, what do y'all think of his choice to skip using a revolver to make magic and taking out a Nerf blaster? I so so many things. Um, one, where did he get the Nerf blaster? Man, see, because for me that felt like totally a Ned thing to like just have random shit in his bag, in his pockets, in his like, you know. I mean, if I would give it to him if he pulled it out of the trunk of the car. But to have it on his person is a stretch. I'm, wait, I'm I'm sorry. Are you saying you don't have a Nerf Blaster on you right now? No, I had to donate all of mine because we're moving. Oh, I still have... I have an attic full of them. Including three. Should probably giving them to you then. They're at diversity. If you want to go get them, I have three on my person right now. This just in: if you go to Diversity Thrift in Richmond, you can own a vintage We Do That Nerf gun. Uh, I like how I, mean, I guess so. he pulled out the inventor just like that. Yeah, I don't know those things. Do you know things like that? Me? Oh, so I know so many things like that. List three. Uh, well, I mean, you can't put me... Um, Who invented the Frisbee? Uh, that was um, uh, Lucius uh, Frizz. Wrong. No, well... <laughs> Wait Chris, a minute. invented the Frisbee? Um, Steve Jobs. <laughs> oh, it was, <laughs> it was Walter Frederick Morrison, of course. Uh, of course. As, uh, right, because all his friends called him Frizz, because it's short for Walter. Yeah, and <laughs> it's short for Frederick. I mean, if you short Frederick enough, uh, you and then add some letters that aren't in it. You, right, right. Well, you got to add his last name, Morrison. So, but just some of it, and then. But he's a really know, cool right? Morrison that's spelled with two Z's instead of two S's. Yeah, well, he's and then very horrible. Also, he loved Hunt. Wait, is there a Z in Frisbee? Also, or is there an S? No. What, S. what Morrison has two S's? Uh, what Walter do you spell with a B? Do, a what? Well, so his middle name's Frederick, but when he was young, he thought it was Frederick. <laughs> Just when I thought. No, it's it's impossible for us to jump the shark every episode. Here we are. Walter. I kind of like the name Frederick, though, I'll be honest. <laughs> Walter That's going to be Chris's Frisbee. next D&D character. You're damn right. <laughs> Frederick Kapow, coming in hot. He's a monk. Definitely a monk. <laughs> <laughs> and he throws chakrams. That's like his Frisbee connection. <laughs> Yeah, or like a boomerang that just doesn't work, and he's very confused. <laughs> but eventually, he puts two of them together and makes a frisbee. Is that, that's that's like not a square frisbee. That's yeah. yeah that's not how frisbee happened. It's tough. The first wheel wasn't round. <laughs> not many people know that it was triangle. Yeah, and uh, well, that was because the. Uh, at the time when it was invented, the roads were had a lot of ups and downs. And it, yeah, there's um, yeah, the arcs, that special road with the arcs. Yeah, well, it was it was kind of like a you know, uh, like a fuck shit. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't, I don't wait. Uh, no, stop. Bad. I give up. Wait. Uh, I'll get it. No, I won't. Oh wait, here we go. Ah, oh, there we go. I just put in our chat. 
Oh shit, it didn't work because of the four. (laughs) 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 Pretend there are backslashes after each forward slash. You get the idea I was going for. This is this is some good radio. Some good good radio. That's definitely radio. Um, I guess my my the root of it is I don't give a shit that Ned, Ned has a nerf blaster, as I think where I'm at, kind of like fine, whatever. Uh, this is dumb. I feel some of this enchantment process is very dumb, and I don't think I like it. And I think I've been spending too much time with Colin. Uh, yes. Yeah, it uh, used to be Chris and Jake were on the positive side of things, and then Chris became the neutral party. And now I'm the only one over here on the positive side. The got... Empire did nothing wrong. <laughs> Dude, we're just trying to bring order and stability to... Yeah, it's all fine. Um, no, I don't know. I think the whole, the whole sequence just seemed very... Um, it seemed very strange to me in the gameplay sense for the things I mentioned before, but also how ridiculously powerful failing was for griffin's means like the fact that he could add i guess it just seems like the ability to add a negative tag far outweighs a positive tag or maybe they're just bad at coming up with positive tags um well and again see that's something that i like about this system because there is a discrete risk to doing it yeah you know they but don't have to. The they, positive, they, they, the, the positive tags seem to they be... They have to make a choice. The, and the positive tags seem to be... That choice carries with it a risk. The the only thing the positive uh, tags... And then that uh, choice God, carries with it a risk. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh boy, that's going to be some good audio. Sodomite. I hate both of you so much. I'm going to have to cut everything. Uh... The uh the positive tags uh, nope, see, and it, and it's, it, all they say is it works as intended. Oh, as a positive tag, your jetpack will be quick. Even Jess was like, "Well, I should hope so. It's a jetpack." Right. Well, so I think, and I wonder if the trick of it is that if the tag can only be one word, it seems like the system they've come up with needs slightly more nuance than that to be effective whereas you could have a negative trait like volatile as a clear connotation but quick is like yeah cool you move quickly um i think it's it's weird and then like loud for aubrey's coat um but the what was the positive tag was the positive tag also just magic uh i think i think it gave her protection of some sort like plus one AC um, or whatever. Yeah, I guess I didn't um, pay close enough attention to that exchange. I got very confused by based on what the two of them were asking for, where Travis clearly wanted to be able to blend into a crowd, but not really, and Griffin didn't want that to happen, so he just didn't do it. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it didn't seem like. Um, uh, like the like our players knew that this was coming and had any idea what they I mean it seems like if you're going to do this as a way to um provide the weapons needed to defeat these monsters then why would you give each one of them a separate thing beyond fan service like you you, yeah, you gave I them do the think weapon would... isn't that enough just yeah just do one and I thought that's what they were heading for, too, was just one one weapon that one of them would get. Maybe they could make a group roll or something. But it definitely, it definitely, as they went through the scene, did not play out the way I thought they were laying it out to go. And I don't think it lived up to the potential that I'd hoped for it, no, nor do I think it was a particularly fitting way of doing things in this, in this, uh, in this play structure, in this game. Yeah, I I would agree. Um, I did think it was funny that uh, Duck demanded, sort of demanded, a jetpack and then is immediately 
too petrified to ever use it. Uh, yes. It's like Justin for a minute thought he was still Flip Wizard Magoo. Uh, right. And he goes, oh shit, I can't use this. Um, and I did really appreciate Griffin's role playing of Heathcliff, <laughs> right? Exchange. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go make it. Here I'll, I go. I'll make a Making fucking jetpack. Well, I, I imagine him like, like in my head that was sort of the pretending to go down the stairs as you're like walking behind a couch. Like, uh, are you yeah. sure? Are you yeah. sure? Yeah, I'm going. <laughs> like, yeah, just stop me. Just. Uh, yeah, 100%. Well, I, I mean, Doug's concerns were completely valid. Heathcliff said, well, I don't know if I can make a good jetpack. He's like, well, then I don't I don't want a bad jetpack. <laughs> then don't. Then just don't do it. <laughs> like, what are we talking about? Um, I also want to just quickly mention how great it was when Justin forgot to roleplay his own character. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that was great. I'm just waiting for Beacon, who is Justin. Primo stuff. Primo stuff. Yeah. Classic. Oh, Doc uh, Newton. Um, I think I'm done talking about items and how I'm probably going to be frustrated by this for a little while. Yeah. Anybody else have thoughts? Uh, no, I mean, I think, no. no I, I yeah, I have thoughts about the next section that I kind of want to talk about. Then take us there, good Jake. So we leave the catacombs and we come out to this big <laughs> plaza <laughs> where there's a giant crystal. And there's a piece missing from the crystal because humans attacked it and that piece is definitely the flame bright pendant. And, Defo. you know, I, I, I still don't know if Aubrey is from Sylvain or if just being around that crystal for so much of her life, or for, for her early life, sort of imparted these powers to her. But I'm really excited to be able to explore the lore of this world through Aubrey's eyes, because as she connects with the fact that it's, it's her story too, um, I think that's going to be some really cool character and story development. Um, that's an interesting thing you just said, Jake, because it reminded me when Griffin was setting up this episode, he mentioned that Aubrey was supposed to be the listener, but he framed it in terms of learning about Kepler since Ned and Duck were both locals. Mm -hmm. And we have mostly learned nothing about Kepler, at least in the way that I thought we'd be learning about it. But reframing that as a way to learn about Sylvain is... Um, Yes, it's very cool and good, and I hope that it happens. Especially that Ned seems too aloof and Duck seems too scared or Duck uh, deferent. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, I I agree that as soon as they said a piece was missing, I thought it was clear that it was a flame bright pendant. Uh, and in keeping with my McElroy verse, McElroy verse. Uh, Stick with it. Uh, Just gotta commit. Uh, yeah, it's um, I'm there. I think Magnus is the one who ruined it. Wait, what? I I think Magnus. He hit the crystal. Yeah. Yep. Heard it here first, guys. Magnus was a human. I mean, all right. I don't. I don't have any way to disprove that. It yeah, doesn't I'm, seem right, but okay. Well, see, that's that's what it's all about. Just okay. Walk, yeah. Walk, walk us through this logic, Colin. Uh. What it's I just what else is there? I think that was pretty clear. Yep, I feel okay. good about it. Well, that was easy. <laughs> just saying, I think it's the same universe. Uh, uh, you know, if Lucretia's the director, uh, you know, Mags is gonna be getting up to some hijinks. You know how he is. Uh, he'd definitely destroy a crystal. I mean, he rushed in. Had yeah, sure. You're right. You're right. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's in character. I mean, he he went there now and he was trying to hug it. It's because Aubrey used to be Magnus. Don't know what that is, but I want to fight it. Saying can't can't disprove it. Yeah, my I mean, brain, my brain's like 
trying to process and be like, no, Colin, you're definitely wrong, but like it can't get to a definitive answer. And is that also then like the the Travis connection of like I want to fight it, so I want to touch it? Yeah, he he uh, or she or uh, he yep. he she, she uh, tra- uh Travis Trawberry Trawberry. That's what I was said along. <laughs> <laughs> uh can't he's losing he she strawberry tra, uh is losing this is exhausting <laughs> i want this to end yeah no, i don't even have a good joke at the end of it that's that's <laughs> great well you haven't had um, one yet so <laughs> i uh, um, i don't know where we are but i have a thing i want to talk about yeah okay sure. take us there chris so we see the crystal, and without much prompting from Griffin, Travis takes it upon himself to have Aubrey be very attracted to it. Mm-hmm. I sort of wonder. I sort of wonder when they make choices like that if any of that is premeditated, or do you think it's just sort of getting the vibe of the story and rolling with it? Because obviously, it's something that if Griffin isn't a fan of, he definitely doesn't disprove, disapprove of Aubrey thinking she feels those feelings. Well, and seeing all the other Sylvan sort of getting some energy from that. Griffin definitely reinforces that maybe Aubrey is Sylvan, but I don't know. This becomes like a very weird group think thing where, Griffin might know that Aubrey's Sylvan, but Travis didn't know Sylvan Sylvain existed when he created Aubrey. So how can one be the other? I mean, I think I think Griffin laid down the. He said, uh, "When you see the crystal, Aubrey, you just uh, you have this overwhelming urge or desire or whatever it was to just touch it." And the way. Uh, Travis is playing Aubrey is sort of over the top enthusiasm, uh, or just very impulsive. And so I think that's all he needed to say, okay, all right. As for the distinct feelings, like, oh, can't you guys feel it? Uh, I forget how she describes it, but I think that's just Travis playing off what little Griffin gave him and just running with it. Yeah, that's how I read it too. Um, I think I think it's part of the the growth of the players as you know better able to read the situation and interact and react to the story. You know, because if you think about the early parts of balance, those kind of natural responses. Griffin had to pull a lot more out of the character, uh, out of the the players, you know, than I think he has to now. And so I, I read it the same way that this was just Travis responding to sort of cues and making okay. a a character decision that fit those cues. Yeah, fair, fair. I think that's I'll accept that. That makes a lot of sense. Nailed it. Yeah, crushing it. It's shooting 100% tonight. You know, in my mind. So what about their introduction to the interpreter and uh, the other sort of ministers of Sylvain? Uh, they they still aren't great at uh, listening to, to rules, are they? Would it be fun if they were? Uh, Probably not. No, I'm just gonna go with no. Yeah, right. Stand there and I be mean, quiet. Maybe, maybe for the sake of expediency, we could get to like important plot points. Yeah, that's well. I'd rather have comedy than important plot points. To be fair. All right. because uh, I think... yeah, I mean, I agree that there's room for both. But I feel I, I think this is something that I feel like these these past couple episodes, um, it's really starting to, I guess, feel like the adventure zone again. Um, you know where where these characters are doing ridiculous things, and 
you know, leaving room for the kind of jokes and humor and interactions that that made us fall in love with balance. Um, yeah, and I think it's definitely clear that as they grow more comfortable in these characters' skins, they're letting themselves um, stray even farther from sort of the plot the plot path into the humor of of the adventure zone. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, uh, I think Griffin, uh, in a way he didn't in the mini-arc, is giving them the freedom to do that. I feel like in the mini-arc he kept... Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I think it's on all parts. Like, this is... They're, they're starting to fit... The outfit's starting to fit a little better. Uh, I, di- I, I, don't, I don't really have a lot to say about the interaction in that room, though. I mean, it didn't really, it didn't really give us much. I mean, we got a little bit of exposition. It's set up that Aubrey's going to get some magic training, which is great, though also surprisingly easy. And I would have thought the minister of their arcane would have had a much stronger reaction, which would be more in line with some other NPCs' reactions to Aubrey being able to do magic. I mean, certainly it got her attention, but I would have thought, as the most educated person who would know how possibly impossible it is that an earthling could have magic that they would be even more engaged but maybe because they're well read it's the opposite right and uh or i mean i i I feel like given how i guess guarded that character seemed to me it seemed more of a playing her cards close to her chest kind of situation rather than not reacting to this really inf- interesting information. It was more of a, uh, I need to know more before I make a strong statement. Um, but other than that, I mean, we just sort of got that the other one's kind of an asshole. The Minister of Arcane is kind of disconnected from things and yeah. not bothered by mundane whatever the interpreter seems strange and i'm sure there's going to be a overarching plot that comes out of that in a little while but i don't think we have enough to go on to make it anything particularly interesting yeah because we got to figure out what happened to the old interpreter and what makes an interpreter and you know all that right. kind of stuff like i think there's a lot of interesting story to be to be told there yeah but other than sort of the the little lore of yes, she's very young and very new. It didn't give us a whole lot to really sink our teeth into and mull about. I'm not, I'm not feeling particularly hungry for more information about the interpreter. Oh, that's um, some yeah. The the minister of the arcane uh, was reading a book that contained a spell that is thought to have be able to cure all diseases. Why, why wouldn't you just flip straight to the spell? Maybe make a copy of that shit? Like, write it down? Like... Well, maybe it's really long. I mean, it might be the whole book about well, you know, preparations I mean, and materials. And... I mean, come on. This is this is a Griffin McElroy uh, RPG. There, there are no spell components. You just whip that shit. Well, maybe there are in the book for the good yeah, spells. You don't, you don't need that. You just play fast and loose with the rules. Come on, take advantage of the DM. Whatever her name was. Jillian? Julie? uh, I don't know her name. Jennifer? Guinevere? You know, I don't know. Jessica? I feel feel like I began with a J sound. Juniper? Anyway, uh, yeah, that's just what I wanted to say. That she was getting to the good part. Well, shit, you should have started there. <laughs> I blame that on her. Uh, we did learn that Vincent likes movies, so there's a salient plot point. I mean, I imagine that's going to come back around as like them bartering a Redbox movie for access to Sylvain or a piece of magic grass or something mm, it's magic grass i got your magic grass right here there it that, is that. 420 blaze it 
if they had an episode where their three characters just all got high, I would listen. Episode one of the McElroys will be in Trolls 2. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we haven't had an episode of that for a while. That's probably fine. <laughs> oh, I really enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's very good. I just prefer they focus their energies elsewhere, perhaps. I I disagree. I think that's exactly where they should be focusing their energies. Uh, mainly because it was just, uh, they actually talked to real people about their stupid shit. It was good. Very good. But we're not here to talk about that podcast. True. We're talking about this podcast. True. Or rather, do you guys want to have a podcast, podcast about how we do that? Will be on the Adventure Zone. No, no, but we could be oh, on the no. Adventure Zone. We just gotta get one of them sweet, sweet jumbo jumbotron slots. Jumbotons. Jumbotons. Tumbojons. Tumble. Fuck. What are they called? Tumbleweeds. Tumbleweeds. I have one. I have one up. I was getting ready to submit it. Trying to get our brand out there. Trying to figure out what the hell. I didn't realize when I signed up for the raffle. Uh, a four hundred sixty-eight people have already signed up. B. I have to put in the message now. I don't get to do it later. Well, if we're here to stop holding That's, you back. Go to town. We'll wait. That's, yeah. What are you thinking? That's a lot of pressure. Let's do some free thinking. That's that's a whole lot of pressure. I mean, I'm probably going to put some bullshit and then press enter. Just see what happens. <laughs> the story of this podcast. Yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, that's basically it. Record some bullshit, publish. All right. That's, that's the message I'm putting in. Record some bullshit. Publish. Does this sound like your kind of show? I can't. Make sure you put the name in there. We gotta get the name in or it's all for naught. Um, while Colin finishes his very excellent formatting on that thing, should we talk about the conclusion of this episode? Or a little yeah, let's teaser? do it. Um, it's, I say always these things for transitions. Like you have a choice. I'm going to talk about it next. So Yeah, like, do you want a Yahoo? Next. We all know that means I'm going to read a Yahoo now. Yeah, you're getting a <laughs> Yahoo now. So just sit the fuck down and listen. So I'm going to talk about the end of it. Uh, it's funny. I think the TV show in a podcast is very, very funny. And I very like how they've all just kind of bought into the weirdness of it. And I think Clint really shines as Ned, the TV show host. Yeah, like it feels, it, it feels right, you know that that sort of, it feels right to the to the to the world that this would be a thing that this sort of, super hyper local, you know, horror movie night is a thing, and it feels and right it's hosted that, by the three local superheroes. Yeah, right. Like, and and that, you know. I think it's a really great way for for Clint to show off his love for all these old uh, horror movies and, you know, just the amount of knowledge that he has about these things. Um, and then to have it connect, I wasn't expecting it at all to connect to a story point. So the fact that Griffin brought in, oh, I know that guy. Yeah, that was interesting um, to me. I want to talk about who he is, but I had a moment when they were doing it, and he had Aubrey do the magic trick, and she says she opens her coat. I was like, oh no, the Pine Guard patch. Oh. I showed it on the TV. Oh, I oh. didn't think about that. You know what that made me think of? Colin, you're not allowed to talk until that Jumbo oh, is written. Sorry, my bad. But I do kind of want to know what he was thinking. Well, then you're just going to have to wait. Back when they were talking to Heathcliff, she took off her jacket. And I was, or her vest, her vest jacket, her, her vacket, her vac, she took off her vacket. And, uh, I was waiting for Griffin to say that she was starting to get woozy. Cause she no longer had her patch on. Oh yeah. Cause that's where the patch is. But it didn't happen. No, but that's a great point. Interesting. Uh, yeah. 
um, theories on who the uh, the foreign gentleman is? Oh, it's definitely got to be the guy uh, uh, Ned left in the uh, Ned left in the, in the car, car wreck? crash. Yeah, I mean it has to be right. Yeah, I think so. Unless they're going to introduce another. Well, that or character. the person who Ned stole all the stuff from. But how would they end up in jail? Huh. Alright guys, I submitted it the Jumbotron. What'd you write? I don't remember. And it won't let me see it again. Oh boy, I hope I remember to put the name in there. Uh yeah, I thought it was very good. Uh I liked his Saturday Night Dead. I like that for some reason Aubrey and Duck are on it, even though they don't fit in at all. Uh, yes. and, I and I love Duck getting tricked. Like, you told me I could talk about forest safety. Well, and I love that he, he busts out. He's like, oh, there's one thing Duck doesn't want people to know about. It's his talking sword. Duck, come out here and show everybody your talking sword. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... Ned does a surprisingly perfect bad Johnny Carson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is very, very good. Uh, um, I hope... I really hope all episodes end with a night with Saturday Night Dead. I think that would be a great addition to the series. But Oh, that uh, would be kind of cool. That would mean every episode takes place over the course of a week. Cuz yeah. it comes out Yeah, Saturday. that's that's it's um I mean, in the past yeah, I see I see the problem. In the past 5 episodes, they've made it a day. Asking for a lot of paint with a broad brush. Maybe they record all of them at once and then just publish them throughout the year. I mean, studio time is expensive. You're better off calling a crew in for a week than calling them in once a month or five months. I I mean, when you're right, you're right. You're not wrong. I mean, I was going to make a point that they're not in a studio. They're in the Cryptonomica. But I guess they have to get the crew there regardless. Need people on those cameras. So it doesn't knock on a dolly themselves. It doesn't sound like they have much of a crew. It sounds like Kirby. Yeah, uh, but they get they'll get there. They'll get a grip. Will they? No, 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 they won't. No, no they won't. No, they won't. No. It's just Kirby always. Uh. It was a very good bit. And I think, considering... I don't know if Ned knew that was coming. If Clint knew that was coming. Uh, but he played it very, very, very well. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I imagine that after doing it the first time, Clint's probably been cooking it up for a while and just waiting for the to be teed up on it. So I'm, I'm glad Griffin let him tap into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. And found a way to tie it into a greater story. Yes. Um, speaking of tying it into a greater story, I think it's time we go to the zone of postulation. The zone of postulation. Uh, happen next time. Uh, yeah, you almost got through it without him doing it. Oh, almost. I know, I was trying to rush it. I thought I could sneak up on him. That's, that's nobody's okay. ever I have a new one. Me. Um... I predict that at the end of next episode, Mama is going to show up and drop a truth bomb on us about what's going on in the Sylvain and Earth. That's... Yeah, none of y'all saw that coming, did you? Yeah, that's worked out well for you so far. I'm going to be right one of these days, and it'll all be worth it. Uh, I bet next episode they take their newfound Sylvan items and um, they have another encounter with the water monster and none of the items are of any use. Well, shit. That is actually really good. Yeah, you just like literally took the words out of my mouth. You took the words right out of your mouth. I was going to say Ned's going to fire at the water monster and then those nerf balls are just going to float because it's nerf balls. That'd be very funny. And the fire, Aubrey's fire shit still won't do shit. And uh, 
Ned's jetpack will allow him to hover on top of it and then break, and then he gets swallowed up and dies. Whoa. Well, you know, I had to do yeah, a one-up from, uh, from, did I say Ned or Duck? I meant Duck. You think we're killing off Duck in episode 10? I think, I think, yeah, sure. I think, uh, I think Justin is bored of him. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. I'd like to make a longer postulation. I think before the end of this hunt, the water monster is going to kill the FBI agent, leading to additional complications. Hmm. Mm, I forgot about the FBI agent. Interesting thought. We haven't seen him in a month. Maybe, maybe he's with Mama and the Rabbit. Yeah, they're all just chilling. They went out and started their own family. They're running a hot air balloon uh, festival in Tennessee. What? Is that, is that, Was that a, a reference that I didn't get? Is that a thing? I mean, like, um, hot air balloon festivals exist. In, yeah. But in, That's in Tennessee, in the mountains? Yeah, that was just an oddly specific poll. Like, I mean... It's um, it's just another state that I thought about. Well, I mean, it's pretty. Uh, be nice to see from above. Well, all right, just a minute. Just I gotta figure out if this exists. Hot air balloon. I think, I think lots of places have hot air balloon festivals. Oh, it's actually hot air balloons are banned in Tennessee because well, there'd be egg on my face be, because of the great hot air balloon disaster of nineteen seventy six. During that bicentennial celebration, where they accidentally dropped an effigy of uh, George Washington, and he hurt thirty people as he was falling. It was bad. As he was falling, as, so there were as thirty people in the air that he hit <laughs> yeah. on the way down. Yep. They were doing. Yeah, we all heard that right. They were doing the you know. Uh, it's the hot air balloon and jetpack. Well, hot the. <laughs> One of the hot air balloons, um, they were doing a column, as festivals often do. And Well, and it's tricky because they're in Tennessee, and Tennesseans love to volunteer for shit. So they're like, true. yeah, I'll go. True. It's so, well, no, they're dead. And not only that, but um, the balloons, they were in a big column, and they had the uh, various effigies of the Founding Fathers in accordance with their importance. And so George Washington was at the very top and he gets ripped through so many balloons as he went down and, you know, took John Adams and uh, uh, Alexander Hamilton and he just took them all with him. And so all the founding fathers. Uh, For the crashed. record, if anyone is interesting, the Great Smoky Mountain Hot Air Balloon Festival is Saturday, August 18th from 3 to 9 p.m. In no. Tennessee? Nope, it's that one's actually in um Georgia because it's banned in Tennessee. I don't I don't know if you were listening. It's not it's not. I don't know what to tell you. It's not. Well I, I'm, I'm looking at it right here. Well you I mean you're looking at anybody can make a website, Chris. <laughs> Squarespace. <laughs> uh yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. It doesn't say, like, where to go to see it, though. Oh, directions. I should click on that. Yeah, and watch. It's in Townsend, Tennessee. Well, Townsend's actually not... It, 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 uh... Jesus fucking Christ, it's <laughs> right in the middle of Tennessee. No, it, I'm looking it's at it right over the border, um, Kentucky. No, I... I it's Kentucky. <laughs> it's, like, just southeast of Knoxville. Which is... In Franklin, in Tennessee, Franklin, the um, the independent Franklin. state of Franklin, the turtle from Franklin, the TV, Franklin the turtle. Okay, that's enough. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure I was right on that one. Uh, anyway, uh, thanks for listening to We Do That. Uh, next time we'll be discussing the tenth episode of season two. Amnesty. In the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at we do that underscore pod and tweet at us using the Ataz Fancast hashtag, or you can email us at we do that pod at gmail.com. Send us your reactions, thoughts, and theories. So 
we can shamelessly steal them. And I mean, guys, we're you heard our theories. They're bad. Just Colin doesn't think there's a hot air festival balloons. Oh god. Hot air festival. Damn it. Special <laughs> thanks to the early for our intro and outro music. New episodes of We Do That come out Thursdays after the adventures end. Uh, if you enjoy listening to We Do That, or if you just tolerate listening to We Do That, or if you hate listening to We Do That, please rate us favorably and review us favorably on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, and share this with all of your friends. Bye, everybody. 